2: edition of college football live on your television screens and tablets right now three men who have combined to win a national championship trophy and a heisman trophy alongside greg mcelroy desmond howard i am Matt Schick, fellas we are just a mere 19 days away from the start of the college football season and a sign that it is right around the corner preseason polls are beginning to be released let's start with the coaches poll it is out a look at the top ten of the USA today in AFCA. The preseason coaches poll. Alabama lands the top spot with Ohio State right behind them. Reigning national champ Georgia joins Clemson and Notre Dame to round out the top five. Time for instant poll reaction. Desmond Howard, we'll start with you. Did they get the top three and the order of whom correct?
3: Well, I think that um, Ohio State and Alabama probably teams you may be able to switch back and forth. Uh, Georgia, they lost a lot, a lot on defense. But to put them back uh, at the top three, I guess it's because of, you know, what Kirby Smart did a year ago with that team, winning the national championship, bringing some weapons back on offense. But I think Ohio State, Alabama, you can flip-flop those two. Georgia, I was kind of surprised with Clemson, though. I mean, I guess people got a lot of confidence and dabble <laughs> Sweeney even though he lost both coordinators this year and um and his quarterback didn't play well at all last year either so to see Clemson at number four that's me know a lot of coaches either they have a lot of confidence in dabble Sweeney and his staff or they know something that we don't know Greg
0: well I'll tell you this Des and what I've found with this is that Yes, it's easy to say, well, here's why Clemson shouldn't be number four, but it's really difficult to look at the teams behind them and make arguments for any of them and say, hey, well, this is why they should be at number four. Clemson's there because it's a safe pick, and two, the ACC still this year very much up in the air. I have no issue with the top three whatsoever. Like you said, if you want to make a strong argument in favor of Ohio State being number one over Alabama, I'm fine with that. What I was more surprised by was the fact that the gap was as significant as it was. There were 54 first-place votes for Alabama as opposed to just five for Ohio State. That, to me, was shocking. I thought, if anything, it'd be 35-25, maybe 40-20. But to have the gap be that significant was difficult for me to completely understand with what the coaches put out.
2: Yeah, maybe the coaches or, or the sports information directors who filled them out for them knew some, know something that we don't. Uh, Greg, let's go back to you here. Overrated, <laughs> underrated here. Let's go overrated. Which team do you think is getting a little too much love here in this preseason poll?
0: Well, it's all based on projections, right? And right now we're projecting with the Texas A&M Aggies. Not that they need to drop way out of the top 25, or nor do they even really need to drop out of the top 12 to top 15. I think part of the reason why they're ranked where they're at at number seven is because of the momentum that they created throughout the signing period. I mean, they are going to be relying, guys, on a lot of talented pieces, but a lot of those pieces are going to be freshmen, and in some cases they're going to be sophomores. Now, I really like what they bring back at the skill positions. They'll run the ball with great efficiency. I look at that defensive line, an area where they were very up and down last year with veterans, now we're expecting freshmen to step into the fold and be able to live up to the expectations of the recruiting class. I just think it's a little bit too much too soon in a division that is extremely difficult. So I think number seven should land you at 10-2, and two, and that, to me, would be a sensational season given all the pieces that Texas a and lost off last year's team.
3: Greg, I think that USC is overrated. I think the the, the Trojans, the fight on Trojans, are, are just riding the wave of hype from getting that guy right there. Obviously, Caleb Williams, he came over from Oklahoma with his coach. The new coach, um, Lincoln Riley. And there's just a lot of hype, the expectations. Are... Don't forget, though, this team was 4-8 and eight a year ago. Lincoln Riley tried to um, go into the transfer portal to try to fill a bunch of holes, fill it offensively and defensively. Now, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, uh, Jordan Addison from Pitt, he decided to jo- join Caleb Williams, and now he's at USC. So they're going to have some firepower on offense. But, guys, in week two, They have to travel to Stanford and take on David Shaw. And I tell you what, man, a road loss like that in conference can do a lot of teams confidence. It can really shake them to their core. So that's going to be a big game in week two for USC against Stanford.
2: That transfer portal has no doubt helped with this overhaul at SC, but getting that depth and that front-line depth and that line of scrimmage is certainly going to take maybe a little bit longer than some people think at SC. Uh, Greg, let's go right back to you. Let's go the underrated side of things. Who should be getting more love in this poll?
0: Well, I look at where the group of five teams always are because I always feel like across the board, Des, they're not getting any love. They're not getting any respect, especially not in the preseason. Well, I see Cincinnati sitting up Cincinnati sitting And then I look, four spots lower than them, it's Houston. Y'all, do you see what Cincinnati lost last year? Yes, they lost incredible players (laughs) in so many different positions. They made a playoff run. It was amazing. (laughs) Do they need to look back what Houston brings back? Because Houston was so good last year, and if not for a couple third-quarter mistakes by Clayton Toon, their quarterback, they could have very easily been the AAC champs and potentially an outside shot of being the group of five representative in the New Year's Six. They bring back a great quarterback, an experienced quarterback. They bring back a really talented running back in Alton McCaskill, even though he's coming off of an ACL injury. Nathaniel Dell's back at slot receiver. They have really good pieces on defense. Houston, not Cincinnati, is the team to beat in the preseason based on what they bring back from a year ago. And then to be behind the Bearcats makes no sense. Makes
3: no sense i tell you what, you're talking about bringing back a talented quarterback. How about the Miami Hurricanes? Now, I think that they're underrated. Now, I'm not saying that the U is back. I'm not going out on that <laughs> limb. But I like the Tyler Van Dyke, um, big quarterback with a strong arm, uh, tremendous accuracy. He's going to have some running backs behind him. He's going to be running back by committee because they have about three or four quality running backs. And don't forget, look at the coaching staff, Mario Cristobal. He brought in Jason Taylor. He has Hall of Famer Ed Reed, Charlie Strong, Kevin Steele. So they have guys there who can actually develop the young talent. They're doing a tremendous job recruiting players. Obviously, Mario has went into the transfer portal a couple of times to fill a couple of holes, but I do think that this Miami team is underrated. And guys, we talked about Clemson. We all know the ACC is still wide open, so keep your eyes on the Hurricanes.
2: Sitting there at number 17 and just once in the last 17 seasons, a Miami football team has won double digit games during the years. It's still hard to believe. All right. Every year, someone comes out of nowhere to crash the party. Last year, Michigan did not make the preseason top 25, yet they made the playoff. Dez, start with you. Is there a team outside this top 25 in the coaches poll that you think can make a meteoric rise this year?
3: I tell you what, let's stay in the Big Ten, man. How about uh, yeah. James Franklin and the Penn State Nittany Lions? The people are sleeping on the Nittany Lions. man. This team right here, they bring back their quarterback, Sean Clifford. I, I, Greg, I don't know. He's like an eighth-year senior or something like that. I don't think like he's been there since forever. <laughs> but a lot of experience, a lot of moxie. He's a tough guy. Uh, he's going to make sure they're in the right place. He's going to keep them out of bad plays. Defensively, they're always tough. I just like Michigan. I, mean, I like Penn State. I think they're a team that are sleeping on. So, keeping out the Lions.
0: I, I see what you did there. You got Michigan into an answer about Penn State. You're in midseason form, baby. Good work. Uh, go blue. I know you're trying to squeeze it in. I'm going to go with Tennessee. And I, and I look at Tennessee right now, and it's perfectly set up for them to make a statement. Now, are they going to beat the likes of Georgia? Probably not. Can they beat Alabama in their place? I don't know. They played them close last year. What I want to see from Tennessee, they are this year's version of the 2021 Ole Miss Rebels. Where they have the quarterback, they have the offense. Now can they get just a little bit better on the defensive side of the football by improving their depth and being able to rotate guys into the lineup? So we know they can score points, but can they stop anybody? We're going to find out this year. And even just the tiniest bit of improvement could mean for a huge leap forward, just like a digital miss from 2020 into 2021. So I'm keeping my eye on Tennessee as an outside dark horse to get in the mix.
2: All right. I'm, I'm throwing out BYU here, uh, finishing wow. the top 20 the last two years, 85 uh, percent of their production coming back. Bill Connolly says that's the most uh, returning here. All right. Not a lot of love, at least from Texas. I didn't hear that name mentioned, but Greg, there's at least one person who has them as a first place vote in the coaches poll. Is that crazy or crazy like a fox, g
0: Wow. I mean, tell me this. Uh, it's coaches' poll, right? So I, I could understand hey. this from the. Understand hey. this. I'm going to make a splash. Watch this. No, this is the <laughs> coaches' poll, and they clearly like what Texas brings back. Y'all, I don't see it. I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be improved. But to what extent? To the point where they're getting a first place vote? Come on, man. Let's at least, unless Steve Sarkeesian put that in there. I I don't see how it makes sense, but I could also see the other side. Maybe Brent Venables did it, Des. A little rat poison for his arch nemesis. Why not, right?
2: There you go. Texas (laughs) has finished unranked in seven seven of nine coaches' polls uh, to end the season. Pretty amazing. Big news in the Big 12, where Oklahoma assistant head coach Kale Gundy has resigned just weeks before the new season. After using unspecified offensive language during a film session last week, The 50-year-old Gundy, who quarterbacked the Sooners in the early 1990s and had been on staff for 23 years, said Sunday night that he read aloud a word that, quote, I should never, under any circumstance, have uttered, end of quote, off the screen of a player's iPad. The statement said, I want to be very clear. The words I read aloud from that screen were not my words. What I said was not malicious. It wasn't even intentional. Still, I am mature enough to know that the word I said was shameful and hurtful, no matter my intentions. Gundy joined current head coach Brent Venables on Bob Stutz's original coaching staff in Norman back in 1999, helping the Sooners to all 14 of their Big 12 titles, plus the 2000 National Championship. Oklahoma led all of FBS with more than 500 yards per game and nearly 7 yards per play with Gundy on the staff. Let's welcome ESPN College Football reporter and insider Adam Rittenberg. Adam, what's been the reaction within the OU program?
1: Well, Matt, Coach Brent Venables not long ago issued a second statement. About the Gundy situation, clarifying that he read a racially charged word aloud multiple times in a meeting. So it wasn't a situation where he picked up the iPad and just read what was on there and wasn't really paying attention, did say this word multiple times. And and Brent Venables in the statement saying, Coach Gundy did the right thing by resigning. And as much as he's done for this program, that incident does not reflect the values of what they want and the inclusive culture they want in their program. So it certainly adds an element to this story because the initial reaction From former players of Cal Gundy's, Bob Stoops, and others, you know, was more on the idea that that he maybe just slipped up in reading this, uh, reading language off of the iPad. But now, Brent Venables saying he read this multiple times, clearly maybe trying to make make a point or or what have you. And that ultimately led to his decision to, to resign, which Brent Venables accepted, saying Cal Gundy did a lot for this program, but that
2: incident does not reflect who we are going forward. Well, some good context there. You, you mentioned Bob Stoops. He, he served under Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley. He was there with Brent Venables uh, for a little while while well, he was the head coach. He's one of those bridge coaches that you see throughout college football, a program unifier. Him now not being a part of this program, what's the impact? Well, it's a significant impact because he
1: was a connector from coach to coach and knows everyone around the program, had been there as a player, had been there as a long-time assistant coach under multiple head coaches. I think it puts more pressure on Brent Venables coming back to Norman, where he was a coordinator earlier in his career. Also puts pressure on some of the other holdovers from Lincoln Riley's staff to Brent Venables' staff. Guys like Bill Bedenboe, DeMarco Murray, Biedenbeau, former uh, elite Oklahoma running back, you know, they have to now carry that torch that, that, that Kale Gundy had for, for years and decades as that, as that one constant in the program. He's no longer there, so someone else has to step
2: up. Adam Rittenberg with the very latest. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Coming up next here on College Football Live, we'll go back onto the field. Two words that are commonplace in the preseason. Quarterback competition. Who has the upper hand in places like South Bend, Baton Rouge, and Michigan? That's next. kick off our seventh annual fantasy football marathon with more than 24 straight hours of coverage on eight hour again in ESPN2 culminates with our fantasy football draft next Wednesday 7 Eastern 4 Pacific simulcast again on YouTube Facebook Twitter and the app all the fantasy insight you need to get you ready for your season of likely utter failure if you were in a college football fantasy league who would be your pick among the notre dame quarterbacks drew pine tyler buckner both saw action last year pine was the backup to jack Cohn. buckner saw action in 10 games as a change of pace qb head coach marcus freeman sees it the same
4: i love the competition aspect of it you know i think you know competition really helps people grow but as soon as we're ready to name a starting quarterback, we're, we're going to do it. We're not waiting um, for a certain time, a certain days, but we just need to make sure we're ready to name a starting quarterback, and we will. It's a, a two-quarterback battle right now between Tyler and Drew. I thought both of those guys had extremely um, good sprint No both get reps with the ones, and, and in terms of Tyler Buckner, you know what? We all know he can run, so it's really good for him to progress in terms of being a passer, staying in the pocket, making good decisions, you know, because it's always easy to take off and run. It's been really good for me to really spend a lot of time with the quarterbacks, you know, to see their progression um, because I tell them all the time, you're going to get blamed if things don't go well, and it isn't always your fault. And so a lot of things fall in those quarterbacks play, and that's why I spend the most of the time with. It's been eye-opening um, to really just spend, to see it from their point of view.
2: All right, guys, so whoever gets the starting nod will get to ease into the season very nicely beginning the year at Ohio State. So, G-Mac, who is going to be uh, taking the first snap at the shoe September 3rd?
0: Well, good luck. It's going to be a tough matchup, hey, but anything can happen if there's one thing we learned from Oregon last year. Like, Ohio State is human after all, but either way... I think it's going to be Tyler Buckner. And when I look at what Drew Pine did at times last year when he stepped in the lineup, he was solid, he was steady, he had great poise, but he also didn't have the ceiling that of Tyler Buckner. If you watch Tyler Buckner run and how they've used him in design quarterback run situations, that opens up a whole new side of this Notre Dame offense. And then I remember doing the game last year against Florida State. It was week one, and none of us knew exactly what to expect from Buckner. Brian Kelly raved about this young man's ceiling and what he eventually might become. So while it was a little bit of a work in progress, some packages last year, now he's probably a little bit more mature, as a full understanding and grasp of what the offense needs to be from the pocket as well. So I think it's going to be Buckner, and I think Pinal serves a very steady number two, Des.
3: i tell you what, um, Buckner actually said that last year at this time, he was very nervous about going to camp, and then he was also nervous about playing in games and then he finally found his, I guess, his mojo, so to speak, and now he's comfortable. I don't know if, he, if he's comfortable enough at this point, though, that he didn't separate himself enough from Pine and spring ball that I would be comfortable starting him on the road, in the horseshoe, against Ohio. I think I might go with the more experienced quarterback. I may go with Pine because he's going to be more calm. There aren't a bunch of things that he's going to see that, that's going to Rattle him in the pockets. So I think I would go with a two system because Buckner can break a defense down with his legs. But I think just the first snap, just I would have to give to uh, to Pine.
2: All right, we'll see who comes off the pine uh, coming up in the shoe. Uh, Marcus Freeman has a decision to make at quarterback. So does the former Notre Dame head coach, and Brian Kelly at LSU. LSU, of course, he's got plenty of options here when it comes to, you know, Miles Brennan, sixth-year guy, second-year quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer, Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels, freshman Walker Howard. But since camp just started, the media may need to call an audible on those quarterback questions.
3: Yeah,
0: I think I think they're all to prove what, they can do they, they they want that opportunity they've prepared really hard all of them uh, they're all in great shape their mental preparation you can see it's it's so further along than it was now that they know the playbook uh, so i think they're all anxious to get out there and you know have the opportunities to showcase what they can do
2: yeah uh, he later said I- i'm not going to have any answers here for for a while here g mac but we can have answers who is it who's it going to be uh, I think at first it's going to be Miles Brennan, and then ultimately it might give way to
0: Jaden Daniels. I think Jane Daniels' upside, his ability to create on his own with his legs is something that could be very beneficial. And the problem is when you look at Daniels, there have been moments at Arizona State where it's like, oh boy, this dude is about to take the college football world over. And then it's like he never really gets there. It's like he never really progresses. Well, if there's one thing I know about Brian Kelly, is he has maximized the ability of just about every quarterback he's had. I don't feel like anyone's left his program feeling as though they underachieved in reaching their potential. Whether it be Jack Cohn, Ian Book, some of the others that have come before those guys, it felt like he always got the most out of his quarterback spot. So I would think that would also happen on the Bayou, which is why I think Jaden Daniels, in time, will become the guy and hopefully
2: reach that God-given potential that we all know he has. They open September 4th against Florida State in New Orleans. Coming up next, we will wrap up this Monday edition of College Football Live from Baton Rouge to Big Blue. You'd think the program's first playoff berth would cement the QB job for the incumbent, right? Right? Which should be the plan in Ann Arbor? Next.
4: No matter what happens, you stick together. How about the battle. Turn that down, Go out here and take something that belongs to you. That's what you do. You're going to take what belongs to you.
2: Fresh off leading the program to its first college football playoff appearance and its first Big Ten championship in 17 seasons, Kate McNamara is in a quarterback competition with J.J. McCarthy. At Media Days, Jim Harbaugh said it would be tough for either guy to get beat out. His tune has not changed
4: see one even it'd be in practice like oh okay that's he's pulling ahead and then
2: as soon as i sense that then i see the other guy kind of surge by him and then then the other guy kind of pulls up right next to his shoulder and then one of them Mm -hmm. goes ahead and then but it's like they're getting faster and they're getting better it's like two metal you know two irons two swords that are sharpening that's exactly what it what it looks like to me Put in only the way Jim Harbaugh can say it. Uh, g Cade McNamara started all 14 games last year. It was J.J. that was change of pace. How should Jim Harbaugh do it this year?
0: Well, until a guy completely separates himself from the other, why would you change anything? It worked to perfection last year. Now, I know the defense, they won the day, and they were the ones that got all the praise and all stuff, but why can't a two-quarterback system work when you have two guys that are completely different skill sets. I think it's really hard to justify replacing Cade McNamara, but I can understand and respect the ceiling that
2: McCarthy has. But, man,
0: two quarterback system
2: and let it play out. Yeah, they're not in the same recruiting class. One guy's not leaving. Just get through this season. See you tomorrow, 430 Eastern.